0: Hi, welcome to Offscript. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Today on the show, we're talking about RRR. Oh my God, how have we not seen this movie yet? <laughs> Arr. Oh, oh, indeed, I can't actually roll my R's, which was a pain in Spanish <laughs> class growing up. But uh, we actually watched the feature. It's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix a minute. It's just been awards season. And there's been a lot of stuff coming out locally that we wanted to see. But we had an, we had a slow week. We watched it. It is three hours. I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get there we talk about the oscars the oscar noms are out and if you're not a, a regular movie podcast listener it's a big deal all right these things are going to go on to shape cinema for the next decade and i want to talk about what's coming out big big nominees uh notable before we jump jump into it 11 11 nominees for everything ever all at once i mean my god 11 nominations andy
1: yeah so impressive Amazing. yeah it's
0: incredibly impressive excited to talk about that before we before we get to it we talk about the news. Uh, our first story this week: uh, Anton Fuqua is doing a Michael Jackson biopic for Lionsgate, shooting later this year. I this is worth talking about because I think this is like the one. This is going to be the MJ biopic. This is going to be like the uh, the big tall swing at it. This isn't going to be some like slouch straight to Netflix feature. This is it's going to be a theatrical something. Uh, what do you know about this, Andy? Uh,
1: so Anton Antoine Fuqua is going to be starting principal photography this year, 2023 for the Michael Jackson biopic going to be decades spanning cover performances, controversies, that whole sort of thing. It's going to be wild. The tough thing about music biopics is how do you make them different? How do you distinguish them? Because they all hit a number of similar beats. And so you have to try to be really creative in different ways. I think of things like rocket man was wildly different from something like Elvis. So they have to find a way to tell this story in the most kind of unique way possible.
0: Yeah. I'm really interested to see where this movie goes based on who they got working on it. Uh, it's going to be going to be produced by Graham King, who also produced uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in 2018. So you got a big music biopic producer. That movie won four Oscars, which is bananas. Uh, it's written by the guy who wrote Skyfall, Gladiator, the aviator and Hugo, uh, John Logan, which is crazy. Uh, and Anton uh, Fuquay, which is you know no slouch. Uh, we don't know who it's going to be, right? We don't, we don't, we don't know who MJ's going to be. We have no idea. Also, just just for our own internal polling, Andy. When is this movie going to end? Like, what? It like late eighties? You think? Is it going to do like the Rocket Man thing when it kind of just like <laughs> fades to credits and skips like Elton John getting fat? Do we do Ugh. we miss
1: all the drama or does it dig no, in? No, I mean, there's like. It's like 20 years past that of, you know, there's the, the controversies of the 90s and 2000s. And of course, his, his death, it, I mean, his whole, his death is a hugely tragic event as well. Like, you can't not have that in there as well. It's It's got to span the whole thing. I hope so. You know, maybe it starts at the end. You start with the death and then you flash back throughout his yeah, whole okay. career. Yeah. No. De- I, Hire I don't... me Hollywood. Multiple narratives ha- happening at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely did not get over Rocket Man cutting like twenty years short. I was like, when When's he gonna do Lion King? <laughs> when's When's Elton John gonna work with DreamWorks? Uh, so hopefully, yeah, it's the like, MJ like Bible.
1: Bohemian Rhapsody did the same. Yes.
0: thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I well that has a little bit of an explanation for cutting itself short. But I mean, it ends at Live Aid in Bohemian Rhapsody, and like he definitely Freddie Mercury had a few more years after that, didn't he? Like, another I think seven they, years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just ended on the peak that's gonna be it he's gonna the mj biopic's gonna end with him doing like the soundtrack to free willy and that's gonna be that's that's the one that's that's the, that's the place to go out <laughs> speaking of people in turmoil really quick uh, this is a weird story to, to, to get to but i
1: don't like
0: baldwin rust stuff is happening again and we need to talk about it um i don't really understand why this has come up again uh but uh alec baldwin uh, star of rust among things of course, uh is going to be charged in the Helena in Helena Hutchins onset death on the on the set of Rust. Uh what, what was it earlier last year? Uh Baldwin was on set A year ago, yeah. Or over a yeah, year yeah, ago now. I know, I know. It's, it's weird, weird, I'm still I'm still in weird pandemic time. I'm still get getting myself together. But uh, if you didn't hear the story, uh on the set of Rust, a Western that Alec Baldwin is producing, uh a tragedy occurred. Uh, a firearm was uh, an on-screen firearm that should not have had any kind of loaded bullet in it. Uh, was fired. Uh, cinematographer was killed. Helena Hutchins. Uh, it's very tragic. Uh, Alec Baldwin was holding the prop gun, but it is a prop gun, right? You'd think it'd be fine. Uh, it's a tragic thing all around. Uh, the armor has been charged, but now uh, Baldwin's getting pulled into it too, which is weird because I
1: thought we'd kind of move past this.
0: Well, what's what's going on here, Andy?
1: So while he did settle with uh, Helena Hutchinson's family uh, out of court, of, of course um, they brought a huge suit, which was which was settled. Uh, the district attorney and the uh, the powers that be in New Mexico, in the Santa Fe County, uh, we're still investigating this, and they've decided to formally charge both Alec Baldwin and the armor Hannah Gutierrez Reed with counts of involuntary manslaughter, which is kind of the weakest uh, of kind of those manslaughter charges you could get. Uh, third person of interest, Assistant Director David Halls uh, signed a plea agreement for the ch- for the charge of a negligent negligent use of a deadly weapon. Um, and he's going to get a suspended sentence and six months probation. I'm surprised that the other two, maybe they didn't get plea agreements or maybe they didn't agree to those terms, but um, they're going to be going to court and uh, you know, they, it, it's unlikely they'll serve any real time if, if found guilty, but the, there is, there is a chance, uh, but it's definitely about finding, you know, holding people responsible for this death. So,
0: I've heard some rumors that this is about a, a new district attorney in New Mexico, right? Somebody wants to make the name of themselves, wants a big case up front, crack down on film sets and how things are used. And they want to make an example, which is why Baldwin's getting pulled into this. But I, I think it's more direct than that. Cause I've been seeing like TikToks from lawyers and other people being like, no, no, there, there's actually something to this. This is actually kind of interesting. Um, why is he still getting pulled into this? Like it, to me, right. Having some, being somebody who read the story and, and talked about it here on off script i thought he was just holding the gun thing went off tragedy but like not really his fault right like he's an actor doing his job like that would be the armor's job to make sure it's clear i know he's a producer though and people have said he's related that way um i don't know like how, how's he how's he catching a charge here
1: i think the big thing is is that he's a producer on this movie and there were multiple complaints about the lack of safety on set and of that is not that which now resulted in the death of a, a person an injury of an of another and I, that's the main thing if he was just an actor and had nothing to do with the production and also if it had been uh, a ab- above the board production and not had these uh safety complaints he m- he may not be get- getting charged because um, that would be 100% an accident but because he's one of the financial backers one of the producers he's kind of being pulled in so it's a very kind of complicated setup where he's being charged both kind of as the actor holding the gun but also the producer financing uh and responsible for the the movie
0: yeah it's a weird thing like i you know we talked about this earlier this week offline but like i can't imagine like how how tough it must be to be in alec baldwin's position like imagine imagine being the actor who 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 ends up holding the weapon when that happens like he claims he didn't pull the trigger i mean what like I don't know whatever like maybe he did maybe he didn't who knows what the point is I would imagine my man is likely distraught clearly did not mean for this to happen um so I'm curious to see what these other safety things are I don't mean to like you know pull out a soapbox for Alec Baldwin or anything but like I just I can't imagine like the emotional toll that's got to take on you and then this much longer to be still like not only attached to it but being like branded as the face of it you know nobody else in this production is making headlines Baldwin is like, it is his name and his, his career that is getting, like, inextricably tied to this. So, if things were truly unsafe on that set, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope justice is served, man. Like, this sucks. And, like, I, I hope there's answers. You know, I hope, I, hope, I hope the people affected, like, find that. So, with that, we should move on to Tron 3. Good lord. Uh, Disney is making Tron 3. Uh, Going to be titled Tron Aries uh, with star uh, Jared Leto. Morbius. <laughs> Dr. Michael Morbius himself.
1: It's uh, morbid time. A, a boy, oh boy. Grid.
0: Yes. Uh what what have we what do we know about Tron three, Andy? So th-
1: Tron three has been kind of in development hell for over a decade. Uh, Tron Legacy came out in twenty ten, twenty eleven. Uh around there starred Garrett Hedlund, Olivia Wilde, Jeff Bridges was was back for that, uh, with some really bad de aging. And they've been talking about a sequel forever and one kind of materialized and then they scrapped it. And now they're going to be moving forward uh, with this property with Jared Leto of all people. I'm not <laughs> I saw this article that it was like, we need to keep stop acting like Jared Leto is a movie star. <laughs> um, but they're, they're doing it. They're, they're He's going for Academy this is,
0: Award winner, Jared Leto. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Th- th- this is, uh, this is a hot property. It made $400 million back in, uh 20 Tron Legacy did. And that was directed by uh none other than Joseph Kaczynski, uh, director of Top Gun Maverick. Um, so they're moving forward with it. Not not with any of the, those people. Yes.
0: Uh being that I'm a bit of a family man, I find I have a vested interest in what Disney is doing. So let me explain to you why there's a Tron 3 happening, right? It's not because Tron 2 crushed it. And it didn't. There are mark pro, market problems with, with Tron 2. Listen, I, I like Tron Legacy a lot, but it's got issues. Uh, it's not because of its killer soundtrack from Daft Punk that has won numerous awards that was a huge deal. It's not because director Joseph Kaczynski just put out Top Gun Maverick. Uh, no, it's because Disney made a Tron ride in, in, overseas.
1: <laughs> is that the reason the Avatar was... Is yeah, they made Avatar a little World.
0: bit. Yeah, so Disney made... Here's the deal. Uh, a few years ago, Disney needed a hot new ride, I think for Disney Shanghai. I think that's where it is. Uh, or Disney China. I'm not sure. One of the parks over there. Uh, And they wanted something that was, like, fit the culture, right? Baked in neon, super hyper-modern. They wanted LEDs, and they thought, you know what? It's got to be Tron. It's got to be, right? So they made a, a, a roller coaster called Tron Light Cycle Run. And that thing has been doing so well over there that when they needed a new ride for Disney World in Florida, they just copied and pasted it. Literally, like, just we're just making the same ride and putting it in Florida. And that's going up in Magic Kingdom in, like three weeks or something. You may already start seeing ads for it. Like you've been seeing ads for the guardians of the galaxy ride and Epcot. Uh, you'll see it before you go to the movies, whatever. Uh, so now Disney has inadvertently like re- revived a little bit of Tron love and what better way to promote their cool new ride and tell people to go to the parks and buy Disney merch they to make a, dis- a Tron movie, right? And Tron's pretty hot. It's it's not like a, a super successful property, but they made a show. They stuck some of it in Kingdom Hearts. They made a couple of movies. People like Tron fine. Uh, but the bummer about Tron 3 is it seems like it is going to be sorely lacking in the talent that made Tron 2 at least worth watching. Like, even if it's not a perfect movie. <laughs> It's a lot, a lot of work. Tron Two, like Daft Punk and Joseph Kaczynski, and Jeff Bridges is really good, and even Garrett Hedlund's kind of fun. And the art design's fantastic, and that soundtrack is killer. And I just don't know if Tron Three is going to have any of those things, Andy.
1: Yeah, it's a big question, but it it is, I think, a powerful property. And if you dis, it's ripe for doing visual effects and doing some really exciting kind of visual sequences. And I think if you nail that part, you just make it look super cool. People will be on board.
0: There is a space where Jared Leto can work in sci-fi. All right. It's worth mentioning. He's actually pretty good in Blade Runner. All right. He's in Blade Runner That's 2049. He's pretty good. They basically they gave him very few lines. But he's very menacing. Uh, you know, I don't think he really works in Morbius, but, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got a role there. Uh, my man's got chops. And yes, he is an Academy Award winner. So it's not him I'm so much worried about, though I am worried about him. Uh, I'm also worried about the director. Uh, Joaquin Roning, who has done... Did we talk about him already? I, I got really caught into the... N- the no, we didn't. Stuff. Okay, good. Uh, the director of Tron 3, uh, Joaquin Ronin, uh formerly was half of the director behind Pirates 5. He's a co-director on Pirates 5 at Deadman Tell No Tales, and he was the director for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil uh, for Disney. So that's why he's here. He's a, he's an instable director. And it's a bummer they couldn't grab somebody with like... Um, God, what's his name? The guy that made Chef uh and lion king and jungle john Book. favreau john favreau of course like he's he's an instable disney director he'll do anything they want like it's a shame they couldn't have tapped him for this uh but hey you know what maybe maybe we can pull it out <laughs> maybe I, i'm not so old. ip I mean, baby that's what it's all about it really is yeah keep it here for more on tron Aries. one more story before we get to the, to the oscars because they're coming i promise uh we gotta talk about avatar Avatar 2 has has <laughs> crushed expectations. Uh, far far and away. Blown of past. Us all. It's true. Far and away blown past the expectations uh, Andy and I had for it. And I'm I'm here to say on this show today that I previously predicted Avatar 2 will not make $2 billion, and it has passed $2 billion globally. It is now the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Another thing I said it wouldn't do. <laughs> it's comfortably slid into this space. Here we are avatar 2 is the fifth biggest movie of all time i i think it's probably on track to beat infinity war right like yeah it's next. gonna end up
1: being like two like second or third and you know if it i mean it's only been out for a month it could go hit two and a half billion maybe the coveted three bill three billies <sighs> it's
0: so it's so bananas this may this movie has made so much money overseas out of the $2 billion it's earned, only $600 million of it comes from the U.S. Like, less than half. Comfortably less than half. Nearly a quarter is the U.S. All the rest of it is overseas. Including a hefty $230 million out of China. Like, it's crazy how much mo- how much money this movie's making. And Andy and I were just talking, before we started, about RRR, a movie made from a completely different part of the world. Um, but is also a big, grand thing three hour epic. And and I I I do people just have more of an appetite for that? <laughs> like in, in places in are the US, maybe they're not as tied to their phones and like eternally online as the rest of us. They don't have the brain rot that keeps us from paying attention <laughs> that long. Like what what is it? Like, cause good God this movie is performing well over there.
1: I don't know what it is, but James Cameron really understands international audiences. He understands casual audiences. He understands the person who has not been to the movies in years. This is the one movie they're going to come out for, and it, which is an incredible thing to do, you know, to get people into the theater that don't regularly go and that haven't gone, you know, be, largely because of things like the pandemic that, that just haven't gone. So to make a movie that appeals to people who that's not what they do, um it's really impressive yeah
0: uh i i you know hey congrats congrats to cameron uh my man holds three of the top five two billion or highest grossing films of all time spots uh the list is as follows avatar number one titanic and number two uh avengers endgame at number three avengers infinity war at number four and at least for now avatar two at number five i think number six is what spider-man
1: yeah homecoming yeah which is no way home also been isn't no way home yep
0: i can't whatever uh poor name is (laughs) it is homecoming should be the last one especially because that's like all the spider-men get together Far from
1: home is a second no way home is a third never gonna remember that like that doesn't that's stupid whatever
0: anyway the point is uh avatar 2 is crushing it um yeah I, i guess it's on track right to beat avengers probably we'll see yeah maybe next yeah. week we'll i mean talking about that
1: i mean there's nothing the thing is it also benefits from zero competition there's no yes. big films i mean the next big film coming out is going to be ant-man and the wasp three and it's it's not till mid-february yes so uh, it, it has been it, nothing but runway
0: yes and it's the it's the only big cgi spectacle really out as well and it's been it's been tapping audiences all over right it's been in theaters so long by itself now especially through the holiday when family are getting around talking looking for things to watch like well you know what everybody's going to see avatar 2 you're you're tapping the audience of people who don't normally go to the movies often even they They are getting interested so like you know avatar 2 baby (laughs) i i do think you know where does this position avatar 3 better worse i I think it's going to be worse like it's not going to make as much we'll probably still cross 2 billion dollars but like I do think, like every movie series, there will be a trend down. a little. I
1: think it's going to be fine. I think what will happen though is one of these will not succeed. You know, maybe it's Avatar four, maybe it's Avatar five. I think one eventually is going to run into something that's just like not going to connect with audiences, right? Or maybe when, maybe they'll just get tired of it. When will Avatar James Cameron? 7.
0: Yes. When will James Cameron come back from Pandora? With that, we should move into. He's, he's going to our... die on
1: Pandora. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holding a, wear, wearing a VFX headset, plugged into his hub. <laughs> Skin and bones. With that, we need to move into the 2023 Oscars. Or at least the Oscar nominations, that's worth saying. Uh, the noms are out. This is a big deal, all right, for people in the film community like Andy and myself. Uh, overall... Andy, what do you think? Where, where do we start talking about this? Are you pleased with what you've seen? Are you, are, you, are there snubs all over? What do you think?
1: Well, but before we get into that, I want to talk about, I, I got up early because these are announced at like 5.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So I got up at like 7 to make sure I was ready, got the live stream going, was waiting with bated breath, and uh, it was Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams came out to, to do the announcements, uh, which were streamed. And uh, a lot of surprises, uh, some snubs. Some people, some people, I was glad were snubbed. Uh, I think overall better than better choices than than usual. A lot of times, I, I mean, people need to remember the Oscars are incredibly political. There's heavy campaigns. There's narratives. It's not a meritocracy by any means. Uh, but occasionally, they do kind of get it kind of right
0: uh yeah i think overall i've been pleased with what's here like i said at the top uh our andy and i both of our favorite films of last year were everything everywhere all at once uh and and it's really cool to see that get so many noms especially because it's such a small feature you know that's practically an indie nobody was talking about daniels three years ago you know like this was not anything anybody was talking about and now suddenly like 11 noms which is tremendous right michelle yo up for best actress k kwan up for best supporting actor huge huge role actually best no he's a best supporting right yeah um as you for best lead you know what we should probably just get so, into it yeah, right? yeah let's <laughs> just get into it <laughs> that's <laughs> probably the best place to just jump in uh how do you want to do this i think for globes what we do three and three like we just went down the list well, that way
1: I'll... Uh, we can alternate because we'll probably get into these a lot. I'll start with best picture. I'm going to list them all off, and then we'll get into it. All uh, Quiet on the Western Front, uh, which we reviewed on the show. Avatar, The Way of Water. No surprise there. The Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans. Tar. Top Gun Maverick. Triangle of Sadness. And Women Talking. Pretty good list. I I, I would say no, nothing... Uh, a couple of surprises. Number one, they can nominate as many as 10, but they don't have to do 10. So sometimes years there's been eight or, or nine. This category was expanded to kind of recognize more films uh, than they used to. It used to just be a strict uh, five. But a few surprises, I think, trying, I'm surprised to see Triangle of Sadness on here. Um, Women Talking, which is a, a a very small film that hasn't had a lot of press, but I've heard is very good. Also good to see a lot of the others We we expected.
0: Uh, no, Babylon, biggest snub of the year. How could that? <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I actually like Babylon a bit, and Andy did too. But not surprised to see it not here. I don't think. I am surprised to see a full list. I can't remember the last time we had ten, like actually ten. Usually, yeah, it's like eight, nine. I think a few years ago we had ten, but I couldn't tell you one exactly. Uh, films back, films back in a big way, baby. We did the pandemic. We're on the other side of it. We got some great features here. Andy, what's taking it home? What? What do you? What do you think? You got a pick? Ooh.
1: Um, Geez, I haven't thought that far I mean, I I hope it's everything everywhere all at once I fear it could be the Fablemans Just because (sighs) Spiel Everyone's like Spielberg's everyone's darling And, you know, a lot of times people just vote Uh, for the name And uh, and Spielberg's an institution in Hollywood And Daniels are, are relatively new Sometimes you have to, you know they've made a great movie sometimes you have to make four or five before you get recognized by the uh, academy so i'm hoping it's everything everywhere all at once i think it'll probably go to a more traditional
0: pick. yeah i think it'll be that or maybe something a little bit smaller like banshees uh listen ele- everything everywhere has 11 noms i can't tell you how many times i've seen the oscars nominate one movie a bunch and then give it like one thing so it doesn't mean like. anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, mank. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It could win. It could win nothing with eleven noms. Like it's ridiculous, but it is exciting if you like the movie. Uh, check it out for the Oscars. Uh, Best director uh, nominees include Martin McDonough for The Banshees Bans- of uh the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheiner for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablements, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Östlund for Triangle of Sadness. We didn't see Triangle of Sadness on the show. I, I want to. We probably should before the- <laughs> we
1: have to now. Yeah.
0: yeah, before it comes around. But like we triangle of sadness came at a weird time in the year we, we've already kind of seen a few features punching up at, at like class we we literally saw the trailer for triangle of sadness while watching bodies 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 uh so like and that was already a swing up uh you know we, we've we had a couple other features since there's one that's escaping me now but oh uh, what new. i see here I, I i do i look i really like daniels do they do they give best director to co-directors is that a thing, or are people going to be like, "That's garbage"? They,
1: there's two of them, right? It's like cheating off your buddy on a test. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't know they, if that actually happens. I mean, they, they, they could, uh, but again, a best director is a category that goes to someone who's worked for years, has made several. Um, so, I think, I think it's more, it's an honor to be nominated, but I, I don't think they're really. in it. I'm surprised that Ruben Osland is is in this. Uh, there were, there was talk that. Um, some other other films, uh, particularly there's no women on this list, which is not a great great thing. Um, the I can't remember her name. Who directed Till uh, was a black woman. Uh, something with the wo- woman king. And also uh, Sarah Polly, who directed uh, Women Talking. So kind of a, a lack of... Wo- and just surprise for Ruben Austin, because while I've heard a lot of Triangle of Sadness, it also hasn't really had a ton of buzz. So a, l- a little bit surprised by that um i think it'll probably go to either spielberg or martin mcdonough
0: yeah uh i i think i'm in the same boat it's probably i i think I, childishly i don't want it to go to spielberg my man my man has had plenty of time in the sun i love that he made his feature we still need to watch it but like ah oh man i really liked everything anyway who's got lead actor
1: austin butler for elvis colin farrell for the banshees of in brendan fraser for the whale paul mescal for after sun and Bill Nye for Living. Um, standard, most of these are what we expected, Austin Butler and Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser. Not, not surprised at all. Bill Nighy, he has had a big campaign. Nice to see him on the list. The big surprise is Paul Mescal for After Sun, which we haven't seen. I've heard it's great. I've also heard that it's kind of a smaller role. Um, so really kind of su- surprised that that he was on there.
0: Yeah, I like if you would think Austin Butler would be a breakout or maybe Brendan Fraser would be exciting cuz this is his first one. Uh Paul Mescal is coming so far out of left field with a very small feature with a I think first time director and he is like this is like his second or third big role ever and he's nominated for best lead actor comfortably among some titans here. Like uh Colin Farrell put out an incredible performance in Banshees. I keep hearing Bill Nighy is incredible in Living. Like, I feel like that movie is going to be a real
1: teer- tearjerker, but uh,
0: if anybody's taking it, I, I honestly hope it's, I hope it's Brendan Fraser. Come on. It, how how, about, how do you not root for the man?
1: I've, I've heard that it's going to be basically between Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Fraser. Um, I, I will point out these are all white guys, and <laughs> that's been another thing about uh, a lack of diversity in a lot of the lead categories, which we can talk about more another time, but that's just an, an observation. Uh, Zach tells about best lead actress.
0: Best lead actress. Uh, five folks up here Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Keen listeners of Offscript might have heard earlier when Andy said Ruben Oslin was a weird pick for best director, a uh, uh, dark horse, an odd one. And let me tell you, Ernie O'Reilly for 2 Leslie is really odd on here because I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> right. We've the, never talked about it on this show before. What there, is there's this?
1: A, yeah, so there's a, a couple of standouts. Uh, first, it's I'm, I was really surprised to see Anna Darmus on here for Blonde. Not because it's not a great performance. She does give this killer performance, but that movie is so brutal and was so poorly re- re- received by everyone. Everyone hated it. People got up and left. Everyone. Andy and I both kind of like
0: it. That's worth saying.
1: <laughs> I liked aspects of it. Don't get me. <laughs>
0: one bad. Come on. And anyway, she's uh, great. She is one of those aspects. She, yeah, she, really good.
1: The movie tremendous. A little problematic, to, depending on who you ask. Uh, but so, but I was surprised to see her on here. Great first nomination for her. Um, yes, this thing with Andrea Riseborough is really sketchy. So I heard about this just last week that um, she had this big push and a lot of help from some major celebrities to propel her in the Aust- like i've not heard about this movie until last week it's called Too leslie and all of a sudden she she popped up on the week that voting oscar voting starts and now she got a nomination and like Kate blanchett sh- shouted her out and other stars and it looks some like some real i mean it looks sketchy like some bribery kind of stuff going on because this is is out of nowhere. No one has heard of this movie much less seen it and it seems like a whole lot of uh you know elbow it's rubbing. It's weird. To, to yeah. Also yeah. Michelle Williams in what I'm perfect, the Fableman's is kind of like, okay.
0: This movie came out in October of last year and yeah, like neither of us have heard about it. I've never seen this poster. I couldn't tell you what's happening in this trailer she must be real good but she must be really good in that movie like to to get on this list like if i i mean listen i i don't know but, if again, i got a
1: favorite so, yeah. so so part part of this again p- people are the danielle deadweiler who plays uh, uh emmett till's mother in the till movie thought everyone thought she was kind of a lock for one of these nominations and she didn't and of white ladies in the category
0: <laughs> uh well hey michelle yo's down there that's not that's so true. bad that's that's a that's, that's a that's really big deal yeah and i i if anybody i hope takes it it's her although look Anna it is really good in blonde dude kate blanchett is unreal in tar she's so yeah. good like it, this oh is, my god
1: <laughs> this is close it's going to be between kate blanchett and michelle yo for yes. sure and the thing is they're both legacies kate blanchett has been nominated eight times and she's Dude. won twice yes um michelle yo never nominated never never won uh so it might be might be her they we'll see the, the way the academy wants to go those are both uh great performances um i could do without kind of the middle three on this list
0: <laughs> <laughs> who do you who do you have on supporting uh
1: brendan G- gleason for the banshees of Inisherin. brian tyree henry for causeway judd hirsch uh for the Fablemans, uh Barry Kion for the Banshees of Inasharon, and Kehoy Kwan for everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. Um not a s that was probably the one lock that we knew that Kehoi Kwan had a had a big push he was going to get it. Brendan Brendan Gleeson. a little surprising that Barry Kion is also on there because that kind of splits when you have two actors for the same movie, it kind of splits the uh, the voting and that can kind of, you know, tilt tilt who wins uh, I, we haven't seen The Fableman's yet. Surprise from Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, we haven't seen Causeway. It's on Apple TV Plus now. I I think uh, he plays like a war veteran.
0: Yeah, Causeway's that Jennifer Lawrence movie on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had not yeah even thought of this movie, but I saw it on there. I was like, oh, he must be really good. Um, I mean, favorite for me, it's Kehaquan by a mile. By a mile. Yeah. And look, like ba- Barry's great. Listen, Brendan's great. Like love Banshees. Like love those movies. Love that movie. But like, dude nobody nobody moved me like he did like nobody and and my man has been out of the game for years like and he swoops back in and puts out a stellar academy award nominated he's got an
1: incredible narrative
0: yes incredible range like playing playing multiple versions of the same character and like shifting on screen usually like within a moment you know shifting from one to another like
1: like, yeah like i want to watch that movie again
0: yeah yeah He's, Uh, he's tremendous
1: best supporting actress
0: you know, you mentioned, like, having two, two, two people from the same film, like, kind of tilting the category. Uh, and Best Supporting shares this. Uh, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banches of Inner and then Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere, and Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere. Um, listen, all fantastic. Uh, Angela Bassett, I think, is a front runner because she's really good, and she's really good in Wakanda Forever. It's actually coming to Disney Plus here in a couple of weeks, I think, early February. So if you haven't seen it, you'll be able to watch it at home. She is tremendous. Uh, and I'd love for Stephanie Sue to take it for everything everywhere. She's also amazing. And, and like, she, there's a reason she's on this list. I think the one that people kind of look at sideways a little is Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, and she's, she's, she's really good. She's really good in everything everywhere. Very heartfelt and very sincere. Uh, and you can tell how different of a performance is because she also starred in Halloween three uh, this year, like, which was, you know, not, not that good. Halloween ends. Um, but like compared to Stephanie too, like they're, they're just different. They're, they're a different breadth of performance. And like one is clearly better than the other. So it's weird seeing Jamie on here, but it's great that she's nominated. What do you think?
1: So this is the, one of the categories where I was thinking that sometimes the, the Oscars really get it right. Um, incredibly di- diverse, uh, group of people, Angela Bassett, the first nomination for a Marvel film in, in, in the acting category, uh very surprised to see Hong Chow on here in a good way. She she was incredible in the oh, whale, she's but super di- she super mm-hmm. good. But yeah. but she didn't have like much of a campaign. Her name wasn't really titled. I don't think she really won anything any other things for her, her role. Carrie Condon, who I thought was a standout in Banshees that no one's really talked about because everyone's talking about Colin Farrell. Um great seeing her on on here as as well. Stephanie Sue, who a lot of people thought was yeah, just not getting a lot, a lot of buzz. Had not she wasn't nominated for the Golden Globe for this? Seeing her on here, and of course, uh, the great Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Again, it, it, I hope that doesn't split votes in in that category. Category. I think like just
0: to get to this point before we jump into screenplay, like I think it's interesting that Banshees and Everything Everywhere both are emerging as like nailing nearly every one of these categories like somebody yeah. is involved like both of them are best picture best director best actor best supporting actor best supporting actress like tons of people involved in this and and otherwise like very small features like not huge and giant you know you don't see Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick like you're not seeing you're not seeing Zoe Saldana for Avatar <laughs> 2 James Cameron didn't even get a best director nod I mean I was
1: gonna say I, we forgot to mention that yeah James Cameron not nominated for best director despite his two billion dollars
0: yeah, so weird year at the movies, but I, I, again, an appreciation of all things fine independent cinema. Uh, let's talk screenplays. Is, am
1: I up for this one? No, you I'm up. For uh, best adapted screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery uh, by Ryan Johnson, Living, uh, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking uh, written by Sarah Polly. So I didn't know this. If a movie is a sequel, it's not considered an original work. It's considered adapted. Um, uh, which is why it, okay which, which is kind of a weird rule but uh, cuz but anyways Glass Onion since it's a sequel it gets under the adapted screen play category. Uh I think Knives Out was also nominated for original screenplay so the, the uh Ryan Johnson's got these back for back nominations. Uh same nice to see Top Gun Maverick on there as well. Sarah Pauly, <laughs> I saw a thing where she was like totally not prepared to have been nominated <laughs> and she was like like, like she didn't have her hair and makeup done and stuff, like trying, trying to Perfect. do interviews. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what do you think of this?
0: You know, I haven't seen Women Talking, and I think that's the one that really intrigues me here. Um, so, I mean, simply for such a, a simple idea, right? A movie called Women Talking does not fundamentally sound that interesting. So when it's catching an Oscar nom for brilliant screenplay, like that says something. There must be something really special going on in there. Uh, I get why All Quiet's adapted. It's a really tremendous feature uh, that's already been mentioned here a couple times. But if I gotta pick one, I probably Asanion feels really good. I don't know. Like, I, I, honestly, the adapted screenplay here category is fine this year. It's fine. It's original. I'm excited to talk about. It. Good God, I don't
1: yeah. Know, I, dude. Mine. I think I would go with All, all Quiet on the Western Front. That's a good
0: pick. Screenplay. Rock, I, rock, listen, rock solid. Like, it's, it really is an honor just to be nominated. I know I keep saying that, but, like, I mean, all, all fine. But best original screenplay this year is something else. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Now, I don't have a lot of faith in Triangle. I haven't seen it. And, and Banshees is real good and everything is real good. But, dude, Tar is, like, razor sharp. It Like, that is written by somebody who so deeply knows and understands that industry, that they're able to turn out something like genuinely like meaningful to people who are in it. You were sitting on the couch with me and you were like, dude, we got to talk about these music references. Holy God. I mean, that didn't come out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All all of these, again, we haven't seen triangle of sadness, but any of these could win. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised in, in one direction or another. It kind of depends on how the night goes on when they're, when the winners are, are announced because that that's the kind of thing if like if everything's going to one film it kind of you know it might sweep several but all fabulous we still need to watch the fablemans and triangle of sadness but a great category that could go to anyone
0: i know My i think my favorite still everything everywhere like how do, you, how do you make a movie called everything everywhere cover everything generational yeah, trauma same. adhd i mean good god like there's a lot going on who's got cinematography
1: um, I'll go ahead and take that on all quite on the Western front Bardo or false chronicle of a handful of truths, Elvis empire of light with our boy, Roger Deakins and tar. Um, let's see. So some of these we haven't, we haven't seen Bardo. Um, everything else we, we've seen That's only when we haven't nice to see empire of light on there. That's the one thing I really did enjoy about that. That movie Elvis, you know, incredible. Some people thought that the top gun Maverick would, would or should be on this that might be a snub I, I think it's a pretty good list
0: you know what i'm surprised isn't here honestly i like a, a joke aside from the open babylon babylon a great cinematography man some of that camera work was <laughs> stellar spielberg level blocking in my opinion like really um but it's fine yeah. uh yeah i i think there's any i like in here look i, I liked empire of light a lot and i love roger Deacons, but dude all choir is really well shot and it's so grand. God, it feels like such a big film, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And, hey, I liked Elvis a ton, too, but I don't know. It might have been over-edited for the Academy. I don't, know, I don't know if they can swing Baz Luhrmann quite yet, you know? Might might still be too much. Yeah. I think, uh, for the sake of talking about things we've seen, we should skip documentary and documentary short. I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of those. I have no... Right? Am I crazy? Right. Do you want to just say i just because? I don't, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, so, for best documentary feature, All That Breathes, all of the beauty and the bloodshed, Fire of Love. I did see a trailer for that. It's about these two people will die visiting a volcano, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Haven't seen any, any of those. We should definitely wa- watch them, but uh, they'll probably be more available uh, soon. Uh, you want to jump down to editing? Gotta or be editing. Feature.
0: Uh, gotta be editing. Uh, best film editing: uh, of Sheeran, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Now, listen, editing's a subtle thing, all right? <laughs> it's not always subtle. If you've seen Elvis, you know it's not that subtle. It can be very bombastic and big. Uh, but if you've seen something like, you know, Banshee's Vinny Sharon, it can be understated. It can be quiet. It can add suspense to a scene. If you laugh in a comedy, it's because of the editing. If you're scared of a horror, it's because of the editing. If you've seen it's because of the editing. <laughs> like, So it's tough to say like which one of these I think will like take it look i liked everything everywhere a lot because it was so intimate they put together a lot of that stuff and like after effects on youtube tutorials like really simple simple work very practical in-camera work and a lot of that can contribute to editing but if i got one i think it's my favorite it's probably gonna be elvis or maybe even top gun top gun's really mm-hmm. really big a lot of those a lot of those shots of them in those damn cockpits flying around i mean it's a lot
1: Right, this is. I, I'm kind of in the same boat where Elvis and Everything Everywhere and, and Top Gun really stand out to me. Just incredible editing. That's the s- stuff that really affects the pace of the movie. Really make makes you feel like you're in it and changes in in energy and and pacing. And man, it could really go. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see Everything Everywhere win win everything. But <laughs> right, um, it could. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those the, that Top Gun, uh, you know, could take possibly. Uh we'll see. Moving on mm. to Best International Feature. Uh All Quiet on the Western Front. Argentina nineteen eighty-five. Close. Uh from Belgium. Uh EO from Poland. And the quiet girl from Ireland. Uh the, the big surprise here is the lack of Chanwoo. our boy Wook Park for a decision to leave. Snub. Uh that that was it. That this is a Snub. huge sub. He definitely belo- belonged belongs on here. Also, um, Triangle of sadness is not on here. It could have easily been in the international feature. It's on the the best picture list uh um I've only seen one of these which is all quite on the western front, which i'm I'm sure will probably take it i guess a decision to leave i i think is criminally underrated and and should be back back on here.
0: yeah, it is a bummer. decision's not on here i hope I hope that doesn't push push it into any kind of low regard for fans of his work uh, It's really good stuff all quiet. I think it's my favorite as well. It's the only one I've seen best original song. Uh, I'm actually excited to talk about this one because of the feature we're talking about shortly after we talk about the Oscars R Uh best original song. Com- nominees are applause from tell it like a woman uh, hold my hand from top gun Maverick. That's that lady Gaga track. Uh, Lift me up from black Panther Wakanda forever. That is Rihanna's first track in like seven years or something. Uh, not to not to from RRR. And this is a life from everything everywhere. Uh, listen, it's an honor just to be nominated. Dude, nobody beats Natu Natu this year. There's no way. There's no way. I I don't <laughs> believe it. That song has so much hype when it comes up in that movie and we're going to talk about it in just a few minutes. But got that's, that's got to be it. That Rihanna track is 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 fine and understated at the end of Black Panther. It's very it's very thoughtful. Um, I don't remember the Lady Gaga track from Top Gun Maverick.
1: It, it comes uh, about the credits. Yeah, it's like, uh, but it's not, not very dude, useful.
0: Not to not to is a full song and dance action sequence. It is not a credits track like these are. Like no, no, that move that is front and center, central to the film. It's really good stuff. Uh, what do you think,
1: Andy? So good. Good list. Uh, sub, a surprise and a snub um Taylor Swift was not nominated for her song I don't even know what it what movie it's for uh but she was nominated for Golden Globe uh but she's not on on this list and Taylor Swift is trying to kind of elbow her way into Hollywood and I don't think people are, are standing for it because uh she also had uh a, a short film she directed and she was hoping to get an Oscar nomination and uh didn't even make the short list and her song's not on here either so that that's a bit of a snub, uh, and a nice surprise is that the original song from Everything Everywhere All At Once, called "This Is a Life," uh, by written by Son Lux, is on here. I love that song. That's one, and and that song kind of shapes that the entire score of that film. It's probably a little bit too obscure, uh, to win, but it's it nice to see on on there. And yeah, it's definitely gonna go to not too, not too. It, it would be criminal if it didn't yeah imagine swift... that on the oscar stage like if they do the performance my god oh my
0: god they gotta dude like it's too it's too big not to it's a celebration of all things cinema uh yeah if somebody like paul meskel can sneak onto best ass best best actors and taylor swift is nobody nowhere to be seen it's not because taylor swift isn't capable it's because she just hasn't done the great thing yet put out a film put out something big like sh- show us you know don't don't go on variety and do an interview and tell us that you're you're working something great like we need to see it like that ultimately that's what's going to win hearts like I, I she clearly watch... has cre- creativity and talent good god like she's a freaking billionaire on, on on her music career like you know put out put out a movie let's see it i can't wait to wa- to praise taylor swift's directing ability
1: i tried to watch the director on directors with martin mcdonough and taylor swift and i just about flipped the table cuz he's talking about you know the process of filmmaking <laughs> and she like yeah. she, she's directed like 10 music videos and done this short and i'm like is like we're not even the same league here right
0: like look i look i i'm sure i haven't seen them but like i'm sure they're great i'm sure they're great work but like you gotta put you gotta put out a feature it's time like you've done a short it's time to do something big so i think she's got something she's working on right doesn't she have a i thought she had a I script or something i don't know anyway we'll keep it here for more uh on what taylor's got going on in the film world
1: uh what else here's i run here best visual i think yeah yeah let, let's uh, i did want to mention real quick best production design babylon is under that category so it uh-huh. get
0: yeah it is <laughs> hey hey i'll take it all right
1: uh best visual F- effects uh all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the batman shout out to the batman uh mm. black panther wakanda forever and top gun maverick uh yeah our our big spectacle films of the year um thor not, thor love and thunder not on here uh mystical of madness what is this multiverse of madness? <laughs> dr strange movie not on here uh but really nice to see the batman on here i i was uh happy for that
0: uh it's funny i was actually watching the batman just earlier today uh, it's really good stuff on hbo max if you haven't seen it
1: uh i
0: think the i mean the clear front runner's got to be avatar i imagine being the camera guy who's got to get shots of like the celebrities in the audience, like when they're announcing stuff and just lock in on James Cameron. Cause if he doesn't get it, the look on his face will be humble. Like, like when his ex-wife won best director out from under him for the hurt locker. Uh, but it, he, dude, he's going to be like sn- snarkly it pissed it if it doesn't, I can see
1: it happening. Like it, it's, it's yes. Incredible effects are in avatar, but you, they got to help tell the story. And I think if you combine effects with a better story, Basically, all these other films <laughs> deserve it. Yeah, that.
0: man. Like, listen, uh, I, I I know Top Gun doesn't have, like, the CGI trappings of Pandora, but, like, they they they, do, they were tracking the Earth's rotation so they could fly up in jets at the right time so the sun was perfect ca- to catch the hairline on Tom Cruise. Like, it's insane how much work they went to to put that together. That's much so, more like,
1: impre- yeah Yeah. and like that's tangibly
0: real yeah they were flying f-14 jets they had a budget for jet fuel like i'm glad avatar was shooting in water tanks that's huge and and personally if one should win it probably should be avatar but like just if it doesn't win i'm not gonna be like you know i'm not gonna gonna collapse to my knees or anything best animated feature we gotta talk about this uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio uh marcel the shell with shoes on from a24 uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, The Sea Beast on Netflix, and Turning Red from Disney Pixar. Uh, notably, one Disney feature in here, right? That's Just right. one. <laughs> Turning Red, which was the one they pushed to, to Disney Plus instead of putting in theaters. No light year. People people weren't going to go see it. Yeah, no light year, right? No no Strange World here. Um, you know, of all of them, I, I haven't seen Marcel, and I haven't seen Puss in Boots. I did actually see the Sea Beast, which I think is really sweet. I, I don't think it's going to take it because it's got some some Titans to fight in, and I, and I like Turning Red a lot. But <sighs> listen, I watched a good chunk of the Emerald Horst Pinocchio, and it's 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 good stuff. I finished it. I need to. I shouldn't have stopped watching it really, but it was like, yeah. two in the morning. I needed to go to bed. But like that movie's really something it's an special.
1: incredible film that's both you know appropriate for all ages and children and adults and it's. It's very mature, it takes on some very heavy themes while still being, you know, an enjoyable uh, children's film. Also,
0: uh, notably Stop Motion, which I'm a huge fan of, and Guillermo del Toro! The Academy loves Guillermo del Toro! Oh my God, he's the best! Um, so,
1: yeah. Real quick, want to touch on Best Costume Design. Babylon did show up there, Black Panther, Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, Miss Harris Goes to Paris. Just another one with Babylon did manage to get into. Hmm. Um, Best original score, All Quiet on the Western Front. Babylon, Justin Hurwitz getting his due. The Banshees of Inishirin, which I cannot remember the, the
0: score at all. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hum the Banshees of Inishirin theme?
1: Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. I, I've, I've overplayed that, sco- that soundtrack this year. Uh, the Fablemans, uh, which I haven't heard the score. It's John Williams. I'm sure it's great. Love John Williams. It's got to be Babylon
0: but Babylon the Babylon soundtrack goes so hard. I think it, I think it's I think the world of it. I think it's really good. Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting because a lot of times like Babylon did not do well financially. It's a bomb. It was divisive. If like a, if not if a movie isn't like loved by audiences or financially successful, a lot of times it doesn't get rewarded. You know, there's all these external factors when it comes to these things
0: uh you can already see like the blu-ray cover for (laughs) babylon with like the banner at the top that's like nominated for five academy awards babylon right like brad pitt margot robbie diego calva on the side like it's gonna be great uh but john williams i mean obviously a favorite for best original score i mean it's it's john williams for god's sake one more category best original sound um i'm gonna move through this one pretty quick right uh you want to take it andy or should i oh go ahead All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, seen it again, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Ah, listen. Is it Elvis? It might have to be Elvis. (laughs) They did like the... Here's the thing, the reason it might have to be Elvis, because the Elvis soundtrack isn't sang by Elvis or Austin Butler. They blended his voice, and they often would use one or the other, or they would, like, use a mix of the two of them to make a song work, and, like, it makes for a really seamless watch experience um they also got his voice pretty good pretty dialed in reportedly he can't stop doing it which is really yeah. funny <laughs> yeah. like there's something about that i think and people have been hearing a lot about it like i just think that might take it by a nose but what do you thinking
1: i th- i think these ones that are a little bit more down to earth because uh, elvis is so musical it's so musical and so your your ears are going to be think more of like the score and the songs yeah Uh, those categories where when I think of sound, I I think of something like all quiet in the Western front, which is a lot of war sounds, gunfire, mortars, tanks, all that. Same thing with Top Gun Maverick. You got the airplane, the jets, all that, that good stuff. So I I think it'll kind of lean that more that way. It kind of just depends on how the voters feel about this category.
0: Yeah. And notably avatar, the way of water is no slouch. Uh, The best sound design is the stuff you don't notice. It is not easy to put people in audience in, in, in movie theaters, onto uh, an alien planet like Pandora, and a big part of that is the sound design. Uh, James Cameron dialed it in so good, you can understand Na'vi, right? It just sounds like English uh, in Avatar 2. So, like, <laughs> it's worth saying the sound is pretty good. We had talked about this way too long.
1: <laughs> that's that's why we did it long. first. That's why we I did it first. Yeah, I suppose it, it is.
0: Yeah, uh, it is. Before we move on to it, snubs, best movies uh, that didn't make the list, uh, any any hot takes where we jump into
1: our. our um, I, we mentioned some of them. Uh, was really hoping to see Nope on here. Didn't get any kind of nomination. Oh my God,
0: you're right. It didn't catch one.
1: Uh, the wo- the Woman King had a lot of buzz. It didn't really get get anywhere. I still uh, feel bad Hustle. we didn't go see that in the theater. Hustle, the Adam Sandler basketball movie, had had a little bit of uh Oscar campaigning. Uh, didn't really get get anywhere uh x and i've heard i saw x and pearl show up on a list but i was like there was no way that the academy was ever going to get behind uh the great mia goth
0: it's a shame oh, dude she's so good in pearl yeah it's really mm. um yeah no uh this till till's not on here at all which till, we also didn't yeah, they- see but i i knew it had some love i figured that was probably gonna get something
1: yeah, that's what the big, I think probably the biggest snub is everyone is, was expecting the director to get best director and definitely uh, Danielle Deadweiler. Uh, best actress.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I know uh, no Tom Cruise nom for
1: Top Gun. It was a po- possibility, but it, it's better for all the other stuff it's gotten. RRR not being on on there is actually one of the snubs uh, according to a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, I'm already looking forward to,
0: to like... The goofy videos after the after the Oscars when like somebody feels that somebody got snubbed and they'll be like, How the hell could you know I don't know, Bill Nye win for how how could Colin Farrell win best actor when for Banshees, a movie nobody saw when Top Gun came out and made a bajillion dollars? Tom Cruise, the best actor of our generation. Like, yeah, I can already can already can already hear it, the bells of Colin. <sighs> Otherwise, you know, it kind of reflects the Golden Globes, but a pretty good year with the movies, right? Like, I, I'm pretty pleased with the noms all around. I, man, I totally forgot about Nope, though. That is a bummer. You're right. That's not on here once. Criminal. Not once. Nothing for Nope. Stupid. Anyway, we should move on to it. Uh, any other thoughts on this, Andy?
1: I think, I think we, we've talked quite <sighs> enough yeah
0: him beat this horse dead keep it here on off script for more about the oscars uh we're gonna be covering it of course like we do every year and if you want to keep up with us uh easiest way to do that is just subscribe to the show to get more oscars stuff soon but we spent far too long on this now we need to talk about the real thing all right the meat of the program <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about of course uh RrR. So RRR is a historical epic uh, coming out of foreign cinemas. Uh, It is a surprise it was not nominated for Best International Feature. It wasn't, right? Did I miss that? Uh, It is from director S.S. Rajamouli, uh, and it is the coming together of a ton of really incredible talent, Uh, From a part of the world you probably have not seen a lot of movies in. Uh, A lot of people have said RRR is a Bollywood feature. It actually isn't. Uh, I tried to do a little bit of research before this review to figure out what exactly it is, and it's one of like a sec, like one of like five sectors of Indian film, as I understand it. Specifically, this is from Telugu, Uh, that's the language it was originally shot in, and it features uh, two of the biggest stars in film history from that side of the world, and. This huge director from that from that corner of the globe who are coming together to make RRR stands for Rise uh, War, Rise Royal Revolt in English uh, stands for a handful of things in other languages, but it fundamentally is a fictitious story about two legendary rebels, two warriors, right, who who managed to ignite a revolution uh, against 1920s British imperialism uh, when a young girl. Uh, is is kidnapped uh, from her tribe. Uh, she is <laughs> she is uh, set upon to be rescued by the tribe's local. Uh, he's kind of protector. Uh, protector. Yeah. His. I don't mean to say he's like Black Panther, but I'll get into it. Fundamentally, think of him kind of like Black Panther. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, the British imperialists have uh, a, a, an officer moving quickly through their ranks to become special officer, who is this incredible, fierce warrior. Uh, and the two of them meet. And they, they are destined to fight or become friends or, or be something big. This, this movement of the universe when the two of them come together. And, and after a bit of back and forth, ultimately, they unite to inspire others and, 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 and blow up a whole bunch of bad guys. Uh, the movie is RR. It's currently available on Netflix in a variety of languages. Uh, Andy, what do you think?
1: <laughs> uh, this movie's kind of insane. Uh, I'd heard lots, lots of things about it. That it was just this big, uh, epic, this big ride, and it's crazy. It's got it all. It, it has. It's inspired by things like you know martial arts, uh, wushu films, as well as uh, you know. It's got a couple of Bollywood numbers. It's it's a big epic tale. It, there's friendship. There's a love story. <laughs> there's everything in the kitchen sink uh, is in this movie. Um uh, it gets a little slow in parts but overall I I, I really liked it. Yeah, I I am in the same
0: boat. I think RR is really good. Uh it's definitely different. Right? It's definitely different. And I think it might be a challenge to recommend uh one because it's not quite like American film. There are some notable differences and two uh, it's really long. Uh it's over 3 hours, which like we talked about earlier, I think is a trend uh in, in, in that on that side of the world, uh like big long epics, right? Like something really grand, big CGI, big musical numbers, dancing, singing, drama, action, romance. And he's right, R has it all. Uh, and it's meant to be based on two actual people. Uh, uh both of these revolutionaries were real, uh, but Then they never met ever in history and ss Rajamouli, when he was looking to make a new feature thought well what if he, he kind of came across them in the history texts or whatever right, what he's researching he thought well, what if these two did meet what would that what would that look like what what if these two guys one, one who is like in in the film at least the amalgamation of, of of like fire passion right uh met this other guy who is uh a leader uh from the woods like from 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 local tribes like somebody who's, water. who's yes at uh, water right who's fluid and what if the two of them met? What would happen? What, what would that do? And and that's the inspiration behind RRR. Uh, our two leads are played brilliantly by two actors whose names I'm going to butcher, but they're worth mentioning uh, NT Rama Rao Jr. and Ram Charan Tija. Te- Te- uh, they are fantastic as Beam and Rama or Raju. Raju. Uh, the two of them are really something else uh the film once it kind of gets going it's it's a little slow to start it opens with our our young girl who is kidnapped uh from this uh colony from uh by british imperialists who are total jerks they talk about the value of a bullet and why they shouldn't waste them on the locals which is uh, incredibly insulting but after she's kidnapped uh, we're introduced quickly to uh raju uh who is a british soldier uh who has this really really fantastic opening sequence where he wades through a crowd of hundreds hundreds of rebels hundreds of men to arrest uh this one guy at the at the behest of uh the british leadership which is crazy shows shows his power to everybody this guy is not to be messed with doesn't even say a word he's like neo in the matrix uh then we very quickly meet beam uh, who is our kind of Black Panther-esque hero uh, from the jungle. Uh, he is an uh, animal lover. He, he's cur- he's trying to chase and capture a tiger, which turns into him getting chased. Has this very fantastic scene where he captures the thing with these ropes and these hooks. It's amazing. And it's CGI, you can <laughs> see through, but like that's not what it's about because RRR never, I don't think ever, winks at you sitting in your seat. It 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 goes so hard where it needs to. Like, it really leans all the way into what you're seeing. But even if, you know, you're not necessarily fooled, like you still are in the spirit of what's happening. Um, from there, the two men meet. Uh, <laughs> and then we get an incredible series of songs and action and drama and a little bit of rom-com. There's all kinds of things going on in this movie. And over, over the course of three hours, it feels like you're almost watching a series, which is, Crazy and also fits for the time because it's it's I mean it's it's a lot and it's it's long,
1: right? Part part of what what goes on is you know you have Raju who's he's an imperial officer looking to work his way up the ranks, um, and then uh, Beam is the protector who goes to the city. I think it's in uh, New Delhi who goes to the city to to rescue the girl, and they both kind of know about each other, and they of course like like <laughs> any kind of sitcom uh like that this has they become best of friends not knowing who the uh, other person is it, you know and there's a great friendship song friendship montage that goes on and on it's 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 really kind of hokey but that's part of the the charm uh, of the movie but of course both of these people uh these two men have a kind of opposing I- ideals and you know they're destined to discover each other's identity discover Uh, what they're really doing uh, in in the city but that takes a backseat to you know a love story that that comes along the trying to free this girl along with like backstories of each character and taking on uh, British imperialism so much going on
0: one of the things I think is really cool about this movie is how practical a lot of it feels Uh, I did mention the CGI tiger and there's definitely some CGI enhancement happening in this movie but uh, there's also a lot of like you know uh, kung fu wires, right? And characters doing like these cr- these crazy like unrealistic leaps through the air. Uh, uh, our heroes, when 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 Raju fires a, a bow and arrow, he never misses once ever. Like he's it's always perfect. The music is always huge and grand, and the lyrics, like Andy said, are are literally literally telling you like. <laughs> These two are the best of friends ever. Look how great of friends they are. What's going to happen when they find out what's going on with the other one? We'll just have to wait and see. Like, it's so on the nose, like, because it never wants you to get out of this idea that what you are seeing is like the biggest, grandest amalgamation possible. And, like, it's funny because, on the one hand, it can feel a little hokey, I think, because it's different. But on the other hand, I kept thinking of when I was watching these movies that are supposed to be big and grand, like uh, Black Adam. Right? Movies that are supposed to be like the biggest thing ever. They just seem so small in comparison to what's happening here because there's just so much passion and energy channeled into nearly every scene, at least in the action. I will say it does sag a bit in the drama for me. The rom com stuff slowed it down significantly. <laughs> but it's got to, yeah. like any movie, oh, you got to have pacing, you got to have ups and downs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have two really huge opening scenes. And like I said, once they they both. Are in the city and they become friends. Eventually there's this meet cute and this, uh, like I said, uh, rom-com thing that goes on for a pretty long time, wh- which ends up leading to this big musical number, which the song Not To Not to has now been nominated for fantastic sequence it's the only like big bollywood dance sequence in the whole film and it's like i, I mean I, like these guys can do everything like they already do all, all the stunts and the acting and then they can also do these incredible dance numbers and i was zach and i were watching <laughs> and thinking you know uh chris evans could never ryan Gosling could never no. like eva stone like and these actors have tried to do these things but it's like these guys are on a whole nothing level they've clearly been doing the dance part of this their whole lives
0: Yeah, like, the the talent on screen here is is genuinely stunning. Like, not only are these two managed to, like, managing to capture, like, smoldering tone of, like, an action hero who's, like, you know, upset about the way things are or is shooting somebody or fighting somebody. They also managed to get, like, the raw emotion of feeling love for one another, uh, both platonically and in in their friendship for each other, and also, like, people they pine after, uh, this young girl they're trying to save. Uh, they also are singing full songs right not boning it in we're not really even auto tuning it it's pretty much just them bull dancing which is crazy stunts stunt work i mean it's 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 wild like how much these guys are able to do and i'm wildly impressed (laughs) again apparently they are huge talent and these are people who andy and i have not heard of um Part of the reason I, this movie's called RRR is actually uh, supposed to be representative of the working script title which was the initials of each of our people our director and our two lead actors uh and that's part of the reason it stuck because no movie reportedly they've never all been together in a feature because nothing could no, no movie could afford them and like this yeah. is the first time they've been able to rally and put together like these three incredible talents talents so big by the way the director makes a cameo appearance in the final <laughs> final musical number uh, also a really big one and people apparently lost their minds when he showed up like the director shows up in the feature and it was like a huge deal you know like nowadays it'd be a cheesy cameo nobody would care about at least here in the states but good lord narar uh, anything is possible
1: yeah this movie has so much energy and it's definitely inspired like i said it's inspired by kung fu uh, wushu films but also just by superhero films themselves but there's just so much energy and action, and I was like, Marvel could take some notes on on getting some hype. DC could take some notes on getting energy and some of these act action sequences. They're they're just so over the top. Like I said, th- there are some parts where it gets a little long and and slow. You get some backstory, felt flashbacks that happen pretty late in the the film. That actually works for me. The thing that works the least for me is like mm-hmm. the the romance plot. It's just so. It, it's very like friends le- level uh, rom com, but that's kind of the only thing that doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Like, I, 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 there's definitely some struggle in there. Like I said, any film's got to have pacing, right? You got to have ups and downs. But I think the drama is where this movie, I, I don't know. It, it's a little cliche, right? Like Andy said, your, your opening musical number, they're explaining to you that, like, uh, these guys are going to be friends, but they don't know anything about each other. And it's like, it's just kind of goofy. One of them, like, uh, Raju is like t- walking around with like a wanted poster with like a sketch of his suspect's face on it, which is his friend, and he's asking everybody in town, "Do you know <laughs> this guy?" And the cat, like right next to him, is the guy. It's like it's like something out of Looney Tunes. Like can't figure out that it's Bugs Bunny in disguise. Like, and meanwhile, uh, Beam like knows that there is like this, there, there's, there's somebody who's onto them, right? And they have to evade detection because they don't want to be caught in their plan to get this girl back from. Uh, this wealthy aristocracy with this whole palace they got to break into and this fantastic action sequence you get to about halfway through the feature. Um, but he doesn't know who it is. And he has no idea that, like, it's his friend right there. That's the guy. Like, so it hurts a little bit because, you know, that stuff isn't really going anywhere. But I think you really get some good surprise in the second half of it when we get a bit of a turn for both of our characters. Uh, uh, Beam is displaced i should say from his position uh and he ends up having to go through a lot of like genuine hardship that raju is often putting him through uh, because the two of them are fundamentally opposed to each other even though they do love one another
1: Uh, fire and water uh, baby
0: uh, Enough, yeah enough to die for each other like huge deal right uh tons of chemistry and meanwhile like raju has to like come to terms with like what his goals fundamentally are right and why is he actually working so hard on behalf of the imperialists like it doesn't make any sense and it's really like a treat to kind of find out why that is um like i said i i'm I'm impressed at just how big this movie gets to feel like from otherwise like a place i wouldn't i wouldn't expect something so large i'd expect this from dc i'd expect this from marvel yeah and like rrr makes it look effortless god they make it look easy to do something so much larger
1: so uh one thing just an aside that, that i just noticed reading uh, so the there's a, there's a character uh played uh named katherine buxton who she's like the governor's wife in the film she's played by allison duty who is none other than elsa from indiana jones and the last crusade yes elsa, elsa is in this movie i can't, can't believe it um but yes, there's so much energy in, in the, this movie, and the stuff it gets right, it gets really, really right. And it's just it, it that that's why you want to watch movies outside of of the states is to see how other countries do them the way that they t- tell stories, the way that they create energy and hype and pacing and all those you know films things that we know here, but just from a completely different perspective, and it's a completely different kind of ride that you go on. Yeah.
0: Um overall I think like RRR is something really special. Like like I said at the open I I don't know how who really to recommend it to. We'll get to recommendations in just a second, but just to kind of I don't know wrap, wrap this back around like I'm really glad we had the opportunity to get together and watch this. Uh I, I have heard some frustrations uh about its availability. That's uh, worth mentioning. R is only available in Hindi. It's available in English as well and a few other dubs. Netflix has subs accordingly for chinese english french uh spanish even um it's not available in telugu which uh, apparently frustrated even director ss roger Mooley, who's been who's very verbally said he thinks it sucks that netflix doesn't <laughs> have it available in its original language we do too andy and i were watching it. And we we're like man it's a bummer we still technically have to watch a dub like you're still you're still yeah. hearing like different voices over our characters but like even still like i i think it's something really cool and it's it's one of these rare instances where like man netflix managed to grab a tiger by the tail um they've got something really special here and i'm excited to i don't know to talk talk more about it and tell people i think it's it's worth their time but before we get there andy any other thoughts or recommendations i think i'm ready andy would you recommend RRR?
1: yeah i absolutely would it's such a fun ride it's got, like I said, a very kind of universal, uh, basic story about anti-imperialism and friendship and, uh, you know, love story. All, all those great, great things that we know about uh, filmmaking. And it's, but it's just such an incredible and different experience from anything that's made here in the the states. The action is incredible. The the acting I- itself, they have to do a range from comedy to drama and everything in between. The dance numbers are are phenomenal uh the only thing i would say is that it's a little long and so and there are some very clear breaks at, at the film which apparently is for an intermission <laughs> uh, which would have been nice to know uh but watch it in in maybe two or three chunks i, I think you'd really enjoy it
0: <laughs> yeah I, I rr is something really special uh i think more people should watch it i think i think this movie broadens horizons and it is an incredible high water mark for what's possible like Um, And I'm sure there's things that are even better out there. This is just, this is, this is a part of the world. I don't get to see a lot of movies from. So not only is it special to have seen this, like it's special to see like what else could be out there. And I'd be interested in watching more. Like, I think it's really cool. I definitely need to go keep an eye on SS Roger Mooley and these two guys. They're both fantastic uh Andy's right. Also worth mentioning this movie does have an intermission. It is not really in the Netflix version. there's There's a title card with no text on it, fades to black, hangs for ten seconds, and then comes back. We just thought it was a weird break. uh apparently, this movie is so celebrated. Not only are people singing and dancing in the aisles for it. uh Edgar Wright, a director who praised the feature, said that people even clap for the intermission card, something he's never seen before in. The theater. <laughs> uh everything is cool about this movie. It's really it's really rad. I'm with Andy watching parts. You, you are watching on Netflix. You have the ability to watch it in parts. I do think you should take it to take it one bit at a time. But like it is a really cool feature and I'm glad we got to talk about it here on the show. <sighs> and speaking of talking about movies, Andy, what are we talking about next week?
1: We're going to be going on a break. Uh, haven't taken a break in a while. There are no real big uh, releases next week. Actually, it's a slow week at the movies, which happens uh, around this time of year um let me just see if there's anything uh (sighs) though the drama close which uh was nominated for best international feature that's the only release i see on here we'll be back on uh february 3rd with knock at the cabin which is in theaters only and that's m night Shyamalan's latest horror thing starring dave bautista and also uh tba we'll see we'll probably pick one of these oscar uh, nominated films to to watch between now and then there's a lot to catch up on but uh we'll let you know
0: we could definitely stand to watch fablemans but there's two features i want to take a swing at first number one i think it's super limited release but i think infinity pool is dropping in
1: some places so like maybe
0: we'll get like one theater in the metroplex that has it and like i'd love to try to go catch that uh or it's not um, even on
1: the release calendar on IMDb that one. Well. Yeah. I saw like one thing about, about it. it.
0: I think it's coming out in like 10 theaters, like probably LA and New York. That'll be, you know, that that'll be the thing. Uh, but number two, you know, we should go, you know, we should see something I actually want to check out before Fabless. We should try to find after Sun. It's gotta be somewhere and it's probably like 90 minutes, streaming. right? Like it's, that's a little feature. Like I can get into after Sun.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's available on VOD now. All right.
0: That's I, that. Those are my picks, but also we we do need to watch the dumb dumb with <laughs> The, well, the fablements is probably fine. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I just you know I've got a stigma around it because I don't know. It's it's a biopic and it seems to be a, whatever. Uh, if you enjoyed the show today, if you like what we're doing here on Off if you want to keep up with the Oscars, if you think we should have done RRR before then, let us know in the comments below. uh We are on Facebook where we live stream the show every tuesday uh around 5 p.m central we're on youtube where we upload our live streams after the fact we're on instagram we're on twitter you can follow us on all those usual spots uh our podcast in audio form which may be the way you're hearing it right now is available on itunes google play android spotify iheartmedia all the usual podcast places you can you can subscribe to us there to keep up with the show you can also drop a white hot rating and review the hottest rating and review uh usually you know five stars is the one you go for but it's up to you That'd be great that would be super helpful in fact you should probably rate and review most of the podcasts you listen to uh it's actually really helpful you have no idea how helpful it is for us here at offscript and of course you can check out our website off offscriptfilmreview.com find interviews other content we've done see what see where andy's been globetrotting on his media tour he's always (laughs) got something cool going on over there uh and of course you can write correspondence directly to us at mail at offscriptfilmreview.com A lot of good things coming at the movies. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time, and I'm looking forward to the Oscars. Hopefully, we find a way to watch them for the show. But that being said, thanks for listening to Offscript, episode 204. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Thanks for listening.